It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. Six thirty, Chad. 2-0 Philly over Washington after two. No score. Panthers and Islanders early second period. Still to come. L.A. at San Jose. Dallas at Minnesota. The Blue Jays in Baltimore. 3-2 for the O's in the top of the seventh. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. And, uh, man, this is going to be fun. Pleased to welcome into studio two members of your Grey Cup champion, Edmonton Eskimos, DeAnthony Batiste. How's it going? Good, good, good. Real good. And Tony Washington. Tony, how are you? What's going on, man? How you Th- doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for making time for us. Uh, man, I, I don't know where to begin because you guys had a bit of an eventful season. Yeah, and off season, yeah. and 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 you're and you're looking ahead as well. Uh, first of all, I'll ask you: No great cup rings yet. No, not yet. When not do you yet. get them? Uh, usually, well, uh, it's the day before camp, so everyone's here, so we can we have a little banquet the day before the actual medicals, and uh, that's when we'll get them. Now you've won before. I uh, Toronto, 2012, 100th. The, and there was a young man by the name of Ricky Ray who was your quarterback. Yeah, Ricky Ray. <laughs> yes, we don't talk about that trade often in the city. <laughs> yeah, we got him from you guys, and he uh, brought us a great cup. So, so what was what was he? What did he add to the team when Ricky became an Argo? Oh, he was just leadership, just strict leadership. I mean, I had came over from Calgary, um, so um, I wasn't a part of that team for the, you know for years. I had just became a part of the team, so I kind of was over at the same time as him. But he brought a uh, that, that leadership role, you know, when Ricky's on the field, Ricky's Ricky's ready to go. <laughs> so what? Because he's so. He, I mean, he always comes across as so quiet and sort of oh, almost stoic. So yeah. what? What? What form of of leadership makes? Or what? What is it about him that makes him a good leader? Just you know, that he's going to get it done eventually, or what? You know what? I kind of I kind of um, say that his play is more like a kind of a. Peyton Manning. He's just quiet. He just plays, man. He gets out. He encourages guys. He's he's not a, a rah rah you know type guy. Um, the example I use is Mike Raleigh is more like a Tom Brady, and Ricky Ray was more like a Peyton Manning, <laughs> just because Ricky Ray is going to be just you know leadership. Just all right. Uh, DeAnthony Batiste here as well. I was supposed to ask you, DeAnthony, right. about the apostrophe. In your first name. <laughs> My mom got creative on that one. <laughs> so thanks, Mom. <laughs> uh, because we have a, a host here in the afternoon, and her name is Jay Lynn, J apostrophe L-Y-N. Oh, okay. So See? she was like, I got something in common with this Eskimo. Yeah, there you go. Kendra Spears. You never know. <laughs> uh, all right. Let, let's, let's go way back before we do current affairs with you guys. Uh, for, forgive me if I got the hometowns wrong, because the Internet's not always accurate. DeAnthony, Marksville, Louisiana. Yep, you hit that on the head. Tony, New Orleans, Louisiana. Yes, sir. Born in most, well, you grew up a bit in Texas too, Tony. Yeah, I kind of went after um, my, after I was one, I moved to Texas, Dallas, actually. Okay. CEO, yeah. So spending your youths in Louisiana and Texas, I mean, was there, 
were there other options besides football, <laughs> or is it pretty much like, all um, right, you had either, a male child, here's a football, go. It's either that or wrestle alligators. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I did everything. I ran track. You know, I mean, well, I didn't run track. I threw the shot put, but <laughs> um, ba- basketball was a, you know, something that I wanted to do, but. I always wanted to do basketball, basketball, but my dad always, no, nah, you need to play football. You're a football player. So, yeah, that was always, you know, and you know how it is in Texas. It's a religion, you know. So you play football or you get a job. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit of a multiple sport athlete as well. Yeah. I played baseball, basketball, and actually ran track. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I did, I, did a bit of, I did a bit of everything. So it was kind of a way to keep yourself in shape year-round. He didn't did, run track. Did you, well, well, let's yeah. let's let's look Don't into this, Tony. <laughs> Anthony, what distance was your specialty? Oh, I ran the four by four. That was the last leg of the four by four. Well, he was the anchor leg, Tony. Oh, Hater, you see the hate in his blood? It's terrible. <laughs> uh, no, did you ha- did you have athletic families, dads, brothers, uncles, anything like that? Yeah, yeah I had a, bro- a brother that actually ran track in uh, Northwestern uh, State University in Louisiana and a dad that was actually a boxer. So. Oh, really? Uh, so, yeah, so it, athletics wasn't something new to my family, so I definitely had a good foundation to keep me encouraged. Like a yeah. pro boxer, pro yeah. boxer, amateur, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Do you remember him boxing? No, I was too young to remember too young? him boxing. Okay. Yeah, so I was the, I'm the baby of six kids, by the way, so I, I, I missed the whole generation there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tony, anybody in your family? Uh, You know, scattered we had you know yeah. high school football and all that kind of stuff i think my dad did he did do uh marathons when he was younger nice and uh that was his kind of uh, you know glory glory days was when he was in his 20s and running marathons crescent city classic in new orleans and all those but besides that i don't yeah i don't remember i don't not nothing that's coming to mind i've run two marathons took me a really long time guys <laughs> i bet, I bet. <laughs> you could have played a, you could have played almost two football games in right. the length of time it took, it took you to run the marathon so all right so uh, now how old were you guys d'anthony i'll start with you again because look most kids who make the nhl and we got the, the philly washington game on here now i right. mean you start playing hockey at four or five whatever sometimes even earlier right. started skating when did you first play organized football uh, at the age of 12. It was my first year. It was uh, my sixth grade year playing uh, actual football. So I actually got into it just because I liked being physical. I liked hitting people and seemed like a good way to get rid of some anxiety and anger. So. <laughs> what, what position were you? Uh, you I was, play, or, or I was you actually a defensive over? tackle. So, oh, you were yeah, defensive I, tackle. Yeah, okay. so I actually played both sides of the ball. So when you're starting playing youth football, in, you're still in Marksville, Louisiana at Correct. this point. Like, is it full tackle? Was, was there training of oh, tackling yeah. and stuff before you were 12? Or is uh, it just like, get out there and hit them now? Get out there and hit them. Yeah. yeah. Do what everybody else is doing. Yeah. So we tried to <laughs> emulate everybody else that was good. That's what we did. So mm-hmm. if that was if if we saw somebody else doing something that made them be successful, then we tried to emulate that. It was just get out there and hopefully don't hurt yourself. Okay. <laughs> Antonio, how old were you? I think I was around 9 or 10. Yeah, and this was in Dallas or in Dallas. This okay. was in Cedar Hill, Texas. Yeah, and um, just dad wanted me to do it. I kind of wanted to do it. I like, I love football. I love watching the Cowboys in San Francisco back in those days. And you know, I really wanted to get out there and have that same kind of glory. And I went out there and I played for the Cedar Hill Bears. Yeah, I don't remember. I think I played wide. Rec- I actually played wide receiving quarterback, and then I, I did some. Uh, Special, special, you know, running back stuff when they needed somebody big to come. <laughs> that didn't last long. No, it didn't last long. It lasted maybe one game. Was it full? And maybe this is a, this might be a stupid Canadian guy question, but when you start as as a youth, 
in the southern United States. Is it full 11 on 11, or is it 8 on 8? Is it modified at all? Yeah, it's 11 on 11. It's full, jump right in and go away. Exactly. How complex are the offenses? <laughs> Not very. I think everybody in, I don't know, I guess in southern the southern United States learned to veer offense growing up. So <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember. I couldn't yeah. even tell you. All right. Uh, DeAnthony Batiste and Tony Washington from the Edmonton Eskimos uh, in, in studio. We're, we're looking back on the uh, early beginnings of their football careers. So I assume by the time, though, you get to high school, it, it, and, well, maybe I'm wrong, but, but by the time you got to high school, is that when you're like, okay, these guys are – Offensive linemen, and they're really good, and they got and they got a shot to go NCAA pro. Like, was that was that already your mid-teens? He was starting, or how? No, I want to say that was probably something that happened like my junior year. I I really didn't realize I was good at football until probably the end of my sophomore year, and then after that, it's like. In small towns, I come from a 10 stoplight town. So in Louisiana, there's only so many good athletes that get put out every so many generations. So if you are good, then you're probably playing offense, defense, punt, punt return, <laughs> kickoff, and kickoff return. Okay. So there's only so many of us to go around. So if you're good, you're staying on the field. All right. So you, you in high school, you wouldn't even identified yourself as an offensive lineman then? N- no, no. Uh, no, in high school, I, I played a little bit of offensive line going into my senior year but for the most part I was a tight end defensive end okay what about you Tony uh, my high school was ca- scattered man I mean I played one year of high school football actually that's it yeah my senior year um, I actually moved around a little bit I had a bit of a rough high school career so uh, I, I went to J- John Eric high school and I played a little scout team stuff and I, I didn't really I was done with football at that point and uh, I actually quit so I started playing basketball again, and then, uh, you know, one day I went to this other high school, and it was in New Orleans, downtown New Orleans, and this coach was like, dude, you need to be playing football, kind of like my dad did back in the day. <laughs> and I played defensive end, um, and I actually, you know, at that at that time, I thought I was pretty good at defensive end, but I didn't start playing offensive line until college, man. I actually went into college playing defensive end and had a coach say the same thing. Hey, you need to be playing left. You need to be playing tackle. You need to be playing offensive line. If you want to spot on this team, you need to play offensive line. And no, yeah. Now, was that disappointing for you? Because a lot of guys say the old the old line they would sooner hit uh, than be hit. Now, even though you're not a ball carrier, mm-hmm. if you're on the offensive line. I mean, you still have the opportunity to hit, but the guy is coming at you. Are, are two guys going to come at you? Are you going to have to run across and cover for somebody else? I mean, yeah, it's, it's a definitely, it's definitely a different type of mindset. But I was just, I just wanted to get on the field. So when they told me I had an opportunity to play, I just said okay, and I'll learn. I'll have, to, I'll learn it. And I, you know, I wasn't, I hadn't, I wasn't that blue chip guy coming out of college, out of high school, saying, you know, I, I got to play this position or I'm this guy. You know, I was just, I was just trying to get in where I fit in. You know. <laughs> okay, so what college for you, Tony? I went to two colleges. I, I actually started out at a junior college called Trinity Valley um, Community College. Um, ten, ten. What'd you call that? Ten light stops, like little town, little town in Abilene. And I'm sorry, in, uh, in um, Athens, Texas. And then I went to uh, Abilene Christian University, which is now a Division One AA. It was D2 at the time. Okay. And uh, DeAnthony, where'd you go? Uh, all four years at UL Lafayette. Okay. So. Yeah, so that was in Lafayette, Louisiana. It it's pretty decent sized town, but uh, they love their football there, and we were the Raging Cajuns. So yeah, that's a great nickname, right? And are they yeah. are they Div One? 
Yeah, we're Division One, and we have a hot pepper as a mascot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so do you get to know the individual inside the hot pepper costume? Uh, no, I think they change yearly. So I think, <laughs> it's it's a, a, I think it's a running contest every year for who's in the hot pepper. <laughs> All right. DeAnthony Batiste and Tony Washington from your Great Cup champion Edmonton Eskimos are in studio. If you have any questions for them, you can text 630-630. We're going to keep going through their football careers, how they became Eskimos, and, of course, uh, look back on last year's championship and some of the changes over the offseason and trying to get that great cup again. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, it's 721. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thanks for tuning in tonight. The uh, Washington Capitals are on the board against the Flyers. So now uh, 2-1. In the third period, Oshie gets the goal. 13 and a half minutes left uh, there. We'll keep you updated. In studio with Tony Washington and DeAnthony Batiste, Great Cup champions, offensive lineman for the Edmonton Eskimos. DeAnthony's the right tackle. Tony is uh, the left tackle. Let, let's let's because I find it interesting, and 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 there are so many great stories in the Canadian Football League, especially often with the American players, because you gotta. To some extent, you have to find your way here or, or be found. DeAnthony, let's, let's, let's start with you. You were telling me before we came on, six NFL teams? Yes, I was a journeyman in the NFL. So I uh, managed to survive in the NFL for seven years and uh, finished out my career with the Arizona Cardinals for the last three. And uh, after that, you know, I'm kind of sitting at home and I'm like, well, you know, there's no NFL teams giving me any calls. You know, there's there's interest in and, you know, the funny story is how this story all comes full circle for me. The Edmonton Eskimos actually gave me my start back in 2006. And I've always stayed in contact with the uh, front office personnel here and we always kind of you know, watch me and, and saw how my football career was going. And whenever 2004, whenever 2013 uh, offseason came, they were like, hey, you know, you, you still want to play football? You still you still have it in you? And, I, and I, that's the reason why I got into playing football is because of the fun of the game. I loved and I enjoyed playing football. And one of my dreams and one of my bucket list things was to come back to the team that actually gave me my start, the Edmonton Eskimos, and win a championship and do great things here. And I was able to accomplish that this past year, and it was it was so surreal for me to be able to accomplish something that was so huge and that was on my bucket list. And I never won a championship my whole entire career, my whole 20-plus years of playing football, amateur and pro, and never won a championship. But I was able to come back here to the team that gave me my start and win a championship for him. That's awesome. So, so you weren't drafted into the NFL then? No, And no, you got to look agent. here, and then, but then you, then once you got signed into the NFL. Yes, eventually, by the Dallas Cowboys. By yeah. the Dallas Cowboys. Interesting. Okay. Um, what about for you, for, for you, Tony? I mean, I know you played other CFL teams, and you were, you were traded to the Eskimos, but what about actually becoming a CFLer? Um, you know, my journey started through the, the, the NFL draft. I think, you know, I had put up some big numbers there. I didn't really get a look at from the NFL. I have a pretty... Uh, TV 14 kind of a life passed so NFL didn't really work out for me um, so I, Chris Jones actually was the one that um, that brought me up he was in Calgary and um, 
uh, he called, he tried to get me up, I couldn't, I had to get some paperwork stuff done with the visa and I actually got a, a year later, I actually got an opportunity to, to get my visa and I was in Calgary. That was basically all it was, Chris Jones made a phone call, he, he's a, a hell of a recruiter, he finds everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and well now he's finding them for another team, hopefully oh. not, not, not too well, I'll ask you about that later. <laughs> so I, I always ask the, the, the U.S. guys this and I hate to not a problem. You know, but I hate the international Fire national away. thing they're calling guys now. Yeah. It's better than calling the Canadians non-imports, making our own players sound like they're non-people. But anyway, right. that's <laughs> <laughs> um, what, if any, were the, the biggest adjustments from from four-down football to three-down football for you guys? And I, and I mean, I know obviously this the one-yard spacing is different, but what what if anything was a challenge? Or Tony, I'll start with you that you really had to adjust to. Uh, the yard off the ball. That is it, yeah. eh? And uh, just the different scheme. You you know, you don't have that tight end kind of body there. Um, yeah, the game's just to- – it's not different. It's the box is the box, you know. Football is football inside that box with the O-line, D-line, linebackers. But, you know, it, it is different position-wise, you know, as far as who's where and the movement that goes on. I mean, you got to look at all kind of stuff. I think the waggle was the biggest thing. That That's, you know, kind of a, a bit of an adjustment, especially when you got guys blitzing. You don't know if they're actually coming up to, you know what I mean, to jam a guy or they're coming off the edge. So, um, yeah, it's a few things. That's one of them, just so much distance. And you got teams like, I don't, BC doesn't do it anymore, but they used to when I first came in the league, man, they used to have wide nine. So you got a yard off the ball, and then you got these guys that's another <laughs> four yards away from you rushing at you, you know, at 270 pounds, you know. So I think that was my biggest adjustment. What about for you, DeAnthony? Uh, I can guarantee you that that yard off was the biggest adjustment for me. <laughs> but one thing I can say is the with the CFL game is there's so many moving Ooh, parts. Yeah, exactly. We're used to <laughs> the 11-man football back in the States where you have two safeties. You have a free safety and a strong safety. And if you don't have uh, a strong safety, then you have that nickel player playing that 11th spot in the passing downs. But here, I mean, you have two safeties and you have an extra DB and it makes just so it just makes the games just so much more complex because the safety defines the defense for you and it tells you where what defenses can and can't do mm-hmm. and their capabilities but whenever you have that extra DB body in there it just makes just with and like Tony was saying with the waggles it makes it just so much more difficult just to pick up on what defenses are doing because there's just so many moving parts it's like yeah. a game of chess but all the chess pieces are moving at once so yeah. it's it's a, it's a bit crazy but at the same time you have to be able to you know be able to control it and stay composed and be able to adjust so yeah that was an adjustment for me. I, I, I find that it's oh sorry Tony. Just, no I was gonna say the scheme is definitely a bit more comp- complex up here um, than it is in the states I think the scheme is a lot different really yeah people would probably be surprised to hear that but the, uh, all right well we're, I, we're out of time for this half hour but I want to ask you a little bit more about the the yard off the ball stuff and of course about the this past season and and uh, getting into this one inside sports on 630 Chet Tony Washington and the Anthony Batiste from the green and gold this is JC sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos and you're listening to inside sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet JC sheriff you, you know that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that little guy. <laughs> that little guy. <laughs> that little guy's pretty good. That yeah, little he guy's is. got a hard head. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a thumper. Yeah, actually, Jerome Messing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have oh to take the gosh. shot at Calgary there, right? Eh? <laughs> yeah, always. It's, uh, it's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It's 734. I'm in studio with Tony Washington and DeAnthony Batiste, the two tackles for the uh, Great Cup champion, Edmonton Eskimos. Well, I want to ask you guys, why did you decide to stay in Edmonton this offseason, Tony? 
Um, I've been up here for two years, and my wife is actually here, and she works and stuff. So she's Canadian, so I'm here. I'm I'm here by default. Plus, I mean, all the guys are staying back, and you know, it's it's good to have the the core group together during the off season to yeah. work together. Yeah, because it, it seems to me more guys stayed this past season than yeah th- than in other years. But, go ahead. Yeah, well, definitely. Uh, I, one thing I took going into this off season, I said. Um, kind of in a couple of interviews that I actually wanted to branch out and start learning about Edmonton and and get out in the community, start doing things in the community, giving back to the kids, because this this first trophy uh, and the bit of times that our economy went through with, you know, the the dip in the oil prices and all that, it it, it was a bit of a trying time for us in these past few months, and we wanted to do this. We really dedicated this to the city, to the town, and. And what what better way to give back to the town is to get out there and start mm-hmm. talking to these kids and start inspiring them to do better in school right. and and start eating right and you know start dedicating themselves to a s- specific sports activity whether it's football whether it's hockey whether it's soccer just getting out there and doing something mm-hmm. and like Tony said uh, I really wanted to stay here this off season and we on the offensive line have built a bit of a brotherhood and we're. We're probably one of the closest offensive lines I've been in in my, my 10 years of professional sports. And this offseason, we build a lot of bonds and a lot of characters built through training next to each other during the offseason mm-hmm. and sweating in the gym and training next to each other. And, and sometimes, like we were doing a workout, you know, a uh, day before yesterday, and we all felt like quitting. <laughs> like after every sled push, we collapsed. And 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 Sim was grabbing a trash can, and 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 there was a couple of guys that were were either contemplating or did throw up. But at the same time, but at the same time, we were there, and everybody finished it. Everybody finished our drills. Everybody did everything, and and that's what real character is built to me mm-hmm. during the off season, going through it. Building our toughness and and those crunch time and those crunch situations, you're testing your own character, but you're also, you know, we're, we're we're being able to see the character yeah. that we have and how strong we are in those type of situations. Because in the fourth quarter, whenever you don't have any legs and you feel like collapsing, mm-hmm. I want to be on the team with the guys that are weathered and they're battle tested. Because during the off season, we're putting ourselves through those grueling processes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good segue because I wanted to ask you guys if, if we're going to talk about the past season. You guys went 14 and four. Right. And you had a. I mean, a lot of times people see that record. Uh, I mean, maybe when someone is forty years from now is looking back on some of the best regular season records, that's going to be one, and then they're probably going to assume, well, they must have blown out teams ten times and had four close games. You guys were the opposite. There were a lot of nail biting games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where did that that fortitude um, come from? Because I think a lot of it. Yeah, not that you guys aren't good athletes, but right. I think to win in close games is sometimes between the years too. Yes, yeah. I, th- I think it was just that, that that closest that he was talking about that fight. We knew that the next guy was going to keep pushing. I mean, we were downing a lot of games. We were down. I mean, if you remember Saskatchewan got game, we were down twenty one zero in the first quarter. Right. You know what I mean? And we just we never panicked, man. We never pushed the panic button. That's just the way we were. We knew we were. That's the way we trained. That's the way we practiced. We practiced the way we were going to play. You know, f- full throttle. You know. Pedal to the metal, just keep going, and the next guy is going to pick you up. You yeah. know, and that's just that's the way we were, and that's why we never really, yeah, you know, we won those games, and yeah, they were nail biters, but it, we didn't we didn't get down. A lot of teams get down in the first half if they're down twenty one zero. You know, whereas and we're a team that was we wasn't going to let that stop us. We wasn't going to, you know, get discouraged. You know, even in the Great Cup, man, we were down, <laughs> yeah, right, down thirteen nothing right away. And, and, and hadn't, the, hadn't run a play, and yeah. the sideline was calm. You know. 
calm because that's the way we were. It's a different. It's a bit of a difference whenever you go into games and you've been battle tested. Exactly. You've been in those situations before. All a lot of our games this past season were close games, and if if you if you ask me, I'm not going to take the team that's been blowing people out all season. I'm going to take the team that can win the close games because that's whenever true character is tested. Professional sports are played 90% from the neck up because if you weren't a good enough athlete and you weren't and, and you didn't belong, then you wouldn't be here. What's going to separate you and make you a better player is how you approach situations and how you deal with adversity. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's 90% from the neck up. And in those situations, we were so battle-tested throughout practice, throughout those games, being in those close games. And whenever we got into that great cup and we were down 13 nothing, it was a bit of confidence that we had because it was mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, we've been here before. And we know how we respond in situations like that. So there was no need to panic. You know, it's interesting. I think Carolina probably blew more teams out than Denver did. Correct. And yeah. uh, Denver beat them. Um, what What was your when you look back? And I'll say mine first. Your 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 biggest. Uh, I'll call it the greatest escape from this past season. I think it was that game in Winnipeg. I mean, Mike threw a pick with a couple minutes left. It looked yeah. like you might not get the ball back, and then <laughs> and then White from fifty three yeah, yeah. on the final play. That that was mine. Where it's just like, man, they yeah. wouldn't have been at home in the playoffs without that one. Yeah, I think that was probably the the biggest escape. We also had one against BC at the end of the year too. That uh, end zone pass it could have been a flag. It could have. We don't. We don't know. We don't know what happened, but we ended up winning that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have to agree with you. I say that that game-winning kick by Whitey was, um, it, yeah. was that was a huge moment, and that and that kind of confirmed for me this year, this past year. I was like, th we have something special. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to be a good year for us. Whenever we can come out of games like that and and make a clutch kick like that. This team is built of something special. All right, so uh, DeAnthony Batiste and Tony Washington from the Edmonton Eskimos in studio. They're the uh, two tackles on the offensive line. You guys, uh, you guys win the Great Cup. It's it's awesome. You're, you're back. You, know, you each got a day with the cup already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, DeAnthony, you first. What what did you do with? Uh, I brought it around to uh, the Edmonton uh, Police Headquarters downtown, and I brought it to. Uh, Gosh, what did we do that day? We did a few things that day. I know I went to a, a few uh, restaurants that I frequent, and I took it there. And, and uh, I, I know I they were like, you know, those are the type of places you go to like, hey, if you win a great cup, you better bring it in here. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, you know, you, you, eventually you're going to say yes. So you don't want to be a person that, that you're, you know, you're not a man of your words. So I definitely brought it around a few places. But one of the major places I brought it was uh, the Edmonton Police Headquarters because uh, those guys keep us safe. They keep our family safe whenever we're not whenever we're away from home so uh, my hat goes off to those guys yeah right on yeah Tony um, I had a little bit of a theme on my day with it I called it the um, um, uh, what was it I cannot remember what it is it's basically a, a, a tribute to the city basically so I I started the day off at the, the city of the city of welcome to our Edmonton sign and I made a we are we are uh, city of champions sign, and I took the great cup out there. <laughs> yeah, he called himself bringing back the city of champions. Yeah, sign. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm a um, advocate. Ad, what is the word? And you're gonna advocate. Advocate, for, advocate? for that. Yeah. <laughs> so coming back. You're gonna be an advocate. advocate. <laughs> Grammar lesson right here. <laughs> so I, um, I that was my thing was to bring it to a lot of local because this was a, this was a championship for the city, man. This city needed that. This city was behind us. 
in every situation they were behind us they were behind us when 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 it, i wasn't here but they were two in you know 16 or whatever the record was that year it was opposite four and whatever four and 14 yeah and i wanted to <laughs> bring it out to the city so you know i, I hashtag we are yeg and i brought the championship i mean the trophy to a lot of local businesses people that are grew here grew up here and they have local businesses and they're successful i even brought it to uh the pilgrims hospice which is a huge thing mm -hmm. here um that i'm kind of doing something with right now if you want to check that out may 1st hike for hospice <laughs> shameless plug <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um but yeah that's that's what i did what it just uh, uh brought it back to the city like he said earlier uh, we wanted to stay in town because of that because we wanted to bring this championship back to you guys did you also take it to vegreville i did take it to that was another thing i did <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it just took it to the big egg or well ate no, pierogies out of it or ac actually <laughs> no um someone out um, um uh, they wanted me to come out there and bring the uh, bring the cup um it was there's a lot of fans out there big fan base fan base out there so me and grant shocked um uh, took it out there, and, and there was a uh, a high school football team that was there that ha didn't have really have a um, a great record that year. Uh, I mean, this past season, and you know, just to see the the joy, even though they they didn't have a good record, and they had lost all those games and stuff. They just they were there to see the trophy, you know, and uh, and that's special. That's that's what we do this for, right? It's just those kids, because that was us when we were kids, looking for that, you know, that motivation, that you know, that dream to to be fostered, you know. Can you guys stick around till the top of the hour? Because we got to talk about obviously some of the changes and Mike's contract yeah, extension and, right. and, and what's going to happen this year. Uh, 2 1 Flyers still up on the caps, two and a half minutes left. Teddy Purcell used to play for the Edmonton Oilers. Wow. Has scored for the Florida Panthers. They're up 1 nothing on the Islanders late in the second period. And uh, the Blue Jays now 3 3 against Baltimore in the bottom of the eighth. More inside sports when we get back. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630K. Yeah, for sure. Adarius Bowman there bringing us back from commercial. Pretty good player. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> uh, one of the best receivers in the league. But his rushing attempt sealed the Grey Cup. Little, little ironic, right? Ain't Didn't he something? get the yardage on the end around there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did. Uh, Tony Washington and DeAnthony Batiste from the Edmonton Eskimos are uh, in studio. Okay, there, there was one thing. I got to host this show every day, guys, so I talk a lot. Yeah. Right. Talk about you guys a lot during the season. All good, I hope. No, nope, nope. it's not all good. It's not all good, quite frankly. I'm going to tell you something I said that wasn't good. I, as, I, I, the offense frustrated me sometimes. Right. Because I, th I, I like the plays in the CFL, the passing plays that gain you 12 to 15 yards. They're over top of the linebackers and they're in front of the safeties. Right. So even if the guy gets tackled immediately, you got a first down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I often criticize it for not doing enough of that. I did say this about you guys, so I'm going to say this directly to your faces and nobody can say I'm hiding. They're good. I, f I thought that you guys maybe didn't run a large variety of plays, but you ran four or five plays over and over again and just got really good at them. Pretty much. Yeah, that's <laughs> us. That, that was our offense in a nutshell this past year. We if it ain't in, broke, don't fix it. Yeah, we put in a lot of plays during practice, but when they, they didn't work. Yeah. They didn't work, you know. And so we didn't really have much. We, we did a lot of fast stuff, double barrel, you know, um, meaning we were going quick, and if it didn't work that time, then it might not get put in that week. Right, right. Yeah, so if there was one person that was probably out of place in that play whenever we ran it during the week then <laughs> we probably just stuck to our bread and butter four or five plays during the yeah. game so there was the really there was the emphasis on on quickness uh and 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 precision and and detail yeah. and that's what you guys did as opposed to 
wowing teams with, oh, we're going to call this play once every six weeks when no one expects it. Exactly. So did that attitude come from Chris Jones? Was that his strength as, as a coach, or, or how do you look back on your couple of years under him? Um, well, you, I know more for you, Tony. But yeah, I've been with him since 2011. Right. Yeah, yeah I know. I have nothing but positive to say about him. But I, I guarantee you that uh, that's one thing that was important to him was uh, efficiency and precision going into the game, going into a week. If we can't do it right, then we're not running it. And that's his approach that he took going into every game, every play. It doesn't. It didn't matter what we were doing, whether it was checking off the list of guys that didn't get in the cold tub and or if it was guys to make sure they were getting their massages or whatever. It, it, if you say you were going to be there and you say you were supposed to do something, that that's the attitude that he created around here, that if I expect you to be somewhere and you're supposed to be somewhere on time, do it. And it's the same thing with our plays on the field. If we couldn't do it right, then it's probably not going to get ran that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so the, the, the entire coaching staff leaves within a couple of weeks of you guys winning the Grey Cup. A, as players, what, what, do you, what do you think when that happens? Uh well, whenever something like that happens, we were just looking at it like, okay, well, that was a bit unexpected. I mean, yeah. to be honest, yeah, it was unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely was unexpected. But then I, I think we have enough faith in uh in our front office personnel and and Ed Harvey that um he has he had the capability. He's the guy that hired Chris Jones, and he has the capability of hiring um somebody else that's supposed to be in that position. And he does he did a good job of bringing Chris Jones in and. Like uh, he brought Coach Moss in, and mm-hmm. we're expecting nothing but great things from him. And one thing you got to remember is Chris Jones brought this team together for a reason. He saw what we were, who we were as players. So yeah, when we lost him, you know, it was a little bit of a like, oh, they left. But I knew who was next to me. I know who I'm playing with this year. I know who was on my team. Right. So I'm not really, and I know Moss, and Moss is a hell, hell of a coach and a hell of a, he was a hell of a player, you know, and. Um, that that he was good in Toronto. He was good when he played. The coaching staff that we put together, yeah, I, it was it was a bit of a shock at first. But you know, then you looked at then I looked at my organization. And I was like, oh, we'll be all right. We'll yeah. be good. Yeah, and that's <laughs> one thing I kept telling the guys during the off season. Anytime I got approached, you know, with a question like that, I was I'm I'm happy yeah. uh, at this at the situation. I I rather you know something like that happen where I'm losing an entire coaching staff and a whole team showing up and I have a whole new team that I'm going into a season with because I'm going into the, I've played with these guys all these guys they've been battle tested with me mm-hmm. I know what I'm going to get out of them so it gives me a little bit of a sense of calmness and, and a sense of confidence because I know what I'm going to get out of these guys I mm-hmm. can if I can win a championship with these guys in 2015 there's no reason I see we can't do it with the same group mm-hmm. of guys in 2000, 2016 your quarterback has signed a uh, new contract. It was it was set to expire after 2016. He's now locked up through 2018. Mike Pop, uh, Mike, Mike Mike Riley has become a very popular figure mm-hmm. in Edmonton. Right. Uh, the quarterback always is. I mean, you guys always only get blamed when you're offensive linemen. Right. Uh, the quarterback <laughs> gets all, all the glory when they win. But uh, what does Mike what does Mike mean to the team? And you know what makes him. I mean, there's the leadership, but mm-hmm. you got to be able to perform as well, right? right? Correct. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. Well, one thing I can say about Mike, he does a great job of extending plays with his feet. He's a good. He does a good job of uh, getting out of the pocket, avoiding sacks. 
and he can extend plays and get guys open just being able to be elusive and being able to make defenders miss yeah. whenever they sometimes like in the in the great cup winning um, almost a great cup winning play whenever he got uh the pass in a Kuhorn uh down there in the end zone he avoided a sack Mm-hmm. rolled out of the pocket and that that is a testament to what he's a good job of doing extending plays with his feet mm-hmm. and making plays happen is yeah. he is he is he vocal like i think there's oh, yeah. the perception oh, that yeah. he'll you yeah. know he's yeah he'll let you know he'll let you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's definitely a vocal i mean guy. He, he does have a great offensive line around him so you know he can do a lot of that stuff <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he's very elusive man he's a great he's an all around good player i think this uh, this whole uh, this whole team we have a, a team full of we were just talking about jc Sherrod. there's a lot of guys on this team that's just all around good players and i think mike being extended is a huge thing for this organization and for this team i mean we're talking about the next couple of years man we're talking about you know having a chance to get the great cup every year every year after that you know you know maybe we can get to five in a row again you know <laughs> oh wow there we go yeah. tony washington <laughs> throwing it down. He's uh, he's thinking big. I, I, I love to hear that. Uh, we just got, we just got a couple minutes left. Uh, tell people a little bit about uh, about your off season training. How much time off did you take after after the season, and and where are you at right now? Uh, I took about a month, month and a half off, and then I went right back to it. Uh, we're in Commonwealth every day um, from about ten to twelve, and we get Some after it. Oh, yeah, Some well, of us. Well, well, I like to show up late, but <laughs> let's not bring that up, all right? Um, but, yeah, we're in there, and we're getting after it every day. Um, we like to train together as an offensive line unit. Um, we like to do all our on-the-field work together as a unit. And we have a – I can say we probably have mo- more guys that stayed up here and trained this offseason mm-hmm. than any other year. So, if anything, that's encouraging to me. Yeah, we're pretty much doing the same thing as far as workout. I mean, we we do change things. Uh, we do different different um, stuff, but most of our stuff is done at Commonwealth, and it's uh, O line stuff is all done together. But yeah, like you said, a lot of us stayed up, man. Odell Willis is here, uh, you know, Mondo's here. Yeah, man, we have a lot of guys that's here. Nate Kuhorn, I mean, you know, Ryan King, Grant. I mean, there's a lot of people training right now. That's from the team that stayed up. So, our workout program just looks like uh, a lot of throwing up and sweating yeah. <laughs> just getting ready I mean because we got a target on our back and I, you know DA don't like when I said this the other day and he was like I don't really care but I, people want to beat us you know people yep. want are, are going to want to beat us um, and you know I tell them bring it bring it yeah uh, hey we're like that we're like this you know we're in there every day and we're refining our craft and Hey, you know, we welcome uh, we welcome, you know, teams to come here and play us and, and come into our jungle because every day during the off season, whether it's in season or off season, you know, we're refining our craft and we're sharpening that blade, trust me. Yeah. So great to hear. Yeah. All right, Tony, how do people get you on Twitter? Twitter. T underscore dubs world thirteen. Oh, is it twelve? It's twelve. I think it's yeah. twelve. Yep, twelve. T, T underscore underscore dubs world twelve. D'Anthony? At D A Batiste. Simple. No apostrophe. No apostrophe. Capital D, capital A, B A T I S T E. There you we got go. it. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming in, guys. This was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. And all Thank the best you. in 2016, obviously. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. My pleasure. Us. Thanks. From the Great Cup champion Edmonton Eskimos, Tony Washington, and DeAnthony Batiste, live on Inside Sports on 630 Chad. 630 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.